0: my husband Mark and um, my sons Jared and Ethan of being part of your community as your refresh pastor and um, I know that I have met some of you and um, thank you for being patient with me with your names and, uh, and um, yeah so it's just really good to be here once more. Um, when the kids go we look a little empty but uh, if you feel you want to come more forward you're very welcome. But I know once you're settled, you, just, you don't want to move, right? It's just the thing, isn't it? Um, but I want you to spend just, just a few minutes um, just having a chat to the people next to you. Uh, we did this a few weeks ago, but uh, it can be a bit overwhelming if you've, you've not been here before. But just, um, it gives us a little opportunity just to interchange, um, say who you are, um, what your week's been like. And of course, tell them it's awesome that they're here. So just turn around, say hi to the person behind you. Usually, the person beside you, you know. So you know, it's the, there's no one there. So it's a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you again. Too. <laughs> How was your week? Good. Yeah. yeah? Um, yes. Good, yeah, busy. But. Now remind me of your name. Ah, uh, Julia. Julie? Jules. Yeah, and, Emily. and Emily. Now Jules, yeah. is Fort your favorite cafe? because Michael took me there and he, he said, me, yes, he like, yeah. so at some stage I'm going to try the waffles. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're chatting, I just want you to ask the person next to you this question, if it's going to work on the screen. Let's see if it's going. Yeah. It's not going, but that's all right. Ask the person next to you, what's the first word they think of when you say the word connect? All right, just off you go. Ask the person next to you, what's the first word you think of when you hear the word connect? All right, connect. All right, I'm going to just hear what a few of you said. And if you didn't say something, then, you know, check, check, check. All right. Andrew, what was the first word? Did you ask somebody? What did they say? Communicate. Communicate. Yeah. Anyone else want to volunteer or should I just, you know, come around? All right. I'll, I'll, pick, on, I'll pick on the band because I, I got their names. Jordan, what word was said over here? Connect four. Connect four. Did anyone else say that? Anyone else think that? Yeah, there's a few. Let's oh, have a this side. Corbin, we'll pick on Corbin, our um, is our worship coordinator. Uh Wi Fi. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Any, anyone else? Anyone else on that one? No? Alright. One more, Jacques, you're up. So picking on you. This is Jacques, if you haven't met him before. Connect. What was the word that came up here? Connect four was the same. The same. Connect four Anyone else want to share a random one? Over here, over here, over here. Tell me your name. Brendan, Brendan. Brendan. Lego? Lego! You know what? That was the one. Okay. That was what I thought of. Still a child at heart like me. Lego. Awesome. Well, today we're talking about Connect, so I'll put this one down now. (laughs) We'll see if this works on us. My dad loves his grapes. And uh, where I grew up, we had this thing called a trellis. And a trellis is like a, a wooden frame that Dad had, with tender love, planted. And you know what? I'm not so good with names of gra- uh, grapes, but I think they were muskets. Is that a grape? Yeah. A grapevine at the end of the, tre- of the, tre- the trellis and it grew beautifully right up the side, right over the top. So I grew up country Queensland, and on days like today, under the trellis was a beautiful place to be when that was covered with the beautiful green leaves of the grapevine. And when harvest time came, there were... My husband's cut these up, but bigger bunches than these. But what you'd imagine, like the picture, Beautiful bunches of grapes. And Dad particularly treasured his grapevine. Now, seasonally, there weren't always those beautiful leaves on the grapevine. You know, as harvests go, there are times when the vine didn't look anywhere near as lush. And my younger brother who was quite young at the time, around five or six, to him the trellis was big, not really in his eyesight. And on one particular day, I'm guessing a Sunday, somehow he found a saw-like piece of equipment. And at his level, that looked like a perfect cutting thing. And At about so high from the ground, he did a great job. (coughs) He severed the vine. He cut Dad's prize grapevine off about 40 centimetres from the ground. Connected. Connected you know the last few weeks if you have been at church let's go the other way um, you know we've talked about a few things but if you haven't i just want to remind share with you that we've talked about choosing jesus choosing god now in christian terms it can be a little confusing but god and jesus are god same but different. We'll have to go through that with you another time. So if I use the term Jesus, just synonymously think God because Jesus is also God. So it's a bit of a tricky one. But we talked about letting God choose, letting God to sit in, choosing God to sit in our driver's seat of our life. And last week, um, the message was about letting go, like trusting God with that. And today, I, I just wanted to explore with you how do we do that? Like, how do we connect with God? If we should choose to say, yes, God, I want you to sit in the driver's seat. I'm going to trust you with that. How do we actually build that relationship? And if you did miss out on the messages over the last two weeks at Refresh Church, you can go to, there's a, 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 an email address up there. You can go to soundcloud.com backslash Refresh Church, and you'll find the podcasts of our messages. A great thing to Have a listen back through and um, be blessed in your car or in your walk time, or you can go to iTunes, Refresh Church. But today we want to explore, how do I connect with God? I have a little video I want to show you.
1: Time to get that multitasking and hundred-billion-neuron-connecting, priority-arranging segment of your wonderfully constructed brain to contemplate this. Ever wonder how many handshakes take place in a day? How many hugs happen? How many one-to-one face-to-face conversations go on? What about glances, kisses, laughs, and prayers? Ways we connect? And you, right there, right now. How are you connected to the person next to you? The people around you? your friends your enemies the strange dude at the mall how about the movies you watch the books you read the messages all around you and how do you connect differently than people connected in the past so many thoughts ideas blogs text posts and tweets these days everybody wants to connect to someone or something and the worldwide web of intersection and connection has changed everything get this One out of eight couples married in the U.S. in 2008 met through social media. Unfortunately, half will be divorced in five years, connected and disconnected. There are over 500 million active Facebook users who spend over 700 billion minutes per month clicking, posting, uploading and downloading. An average user is connected to 80 community pages, groups and events and each person creates 90 pieces of content each month. Folks got a lot to share, lots to say. So much that the average user spends 55 minutes per day, 6.5 hours per week or about 1.3 full days per month on Facebook. And that's just people sitting around home because more than 200 million are on Facebook through mobile phones nowadays because long lost are the days of landline phones, busy tones, and yeah, David Jones. And speaking of cell phones, in 2004 674 million were sold, which is 105 million less than the 779 million sold in 2005, which is nothing compared to the almost 4 billion sold in the last 3 years. Some people in the world who don't have toilets or houses have cell phones. People really want to connect wait, there's more. One trillion text messages were sent in 2008, 1.5 trillion in 2009, and then it went up to 6.1 trillion just recently. That's a thousand texts per person for every person on the planet. That's a lot of connecting. Yet this hasn't even scratched the surface. There's over 50 million tweets per day, over 60 million LinkedIn people, and 43 million people still visit MySpace per month. Then there's however many millions on Ning, Tag, Meetup, Bebo, My Yearbook, and Friendster, looking at everything from posts to pics to video. Speaking of which, it would take you over 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos uploaded on YouTube. Just this week, everybody wants to connect. Connect with a friend. Connect with family. Connect to the past. Connect to the future. Connect to God. Kn- connect with God. The one who created connections, voices, images, ears, eyes, smiles, kisses, glances, faces, friends, music, color, stars, electricity, light, laughter, and love, just to name a few, connect with him? And what does that mean? Well, you connect the dots.
0: I forgot to, uh, to do something with my grapes. I wanted you to have a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it? Sensual experience today. So I was going to share my grapes. So I want you, my husband, he will be really offended if you don't take some, because he's fastidiously washed and cut, he's shaking his hand, these grapes. So um, as just pass this along, take a, take, a, take a grape or two. Don't drop the vase, or Nikki Warram might get cross at me. But um, just take a few grapes, eat them, and think about the message as we go along. I swear they were washed, well, Yes? With love. How do I connect with God? As Christians, we take our guidance from the Bible. So the Bible is like a love letter from God, inspired from God, guiding men and women over the years, years and years ago, special messages. And it is the biggest selling book in the world. Transcends race, age, gender. The Bible, for a Christian, is a revelation of God. So in there, definitely ways to connect with God. And we find this passage written from the translation of the message. And there are many translations the Bible have been written in. Um, Again, over time. And if you're new to the Bible, you'll be able to um, find one that you just really connect with. But this one is the message, and it reads like this. In John chapter 15, which is a, a part of the Bible in what we call the New Testament, written at the time when Jesus was alive, or written about the time when Jesus was alive, written about Jesus' life. And this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to a group of people that followed him. He's speaking to what we call his disciples. And he's having a good chat with them because he is aware that in the future, not that far away, he's actually going to leave them. He's not going to be with them. And so he was having these conversations with his disciples. And this is one of the conversations he was having as you eat those grapes. Think about this. Because grapes were very much a part of Bible times, a crop that was grown widely. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. And as the disciples listened to this, they truly related, truly related, because as I said, it was, it was common where they were, to see grapevines. Live in me, Jesus said. Make, my, make your home in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic the harvest is sure to be abundant. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. Think about that vine that my my brother severed. It didn't take long, just, but that vine lost life. There were no lovely grapes next season. The branches had been severed off from the vine. You know, Jesus says to us, to connect, to connect. Because what I love about this little passage here in the message, he uses a term that no other translation uses, but it resonated with me. The relationship, with a bit of typo there I can see, is intimate and organic. Because Jesus wants an intimate relationship with you. Not just a distant relationship, but he wants something special very special but what's unique about Jesus is that although he desires that more than anything in the world which is why we've we've chatted about it in the last few weeks is that he will never ever force that relationship on us and you find in revelation which is the very last book of the bible and if you're new to Christianity, it's probably not the first book you should read. It's complex with lots of um, picture images in there. But it's an amazing book. And as you journey with Jesus, get someone alongside you, um, someone come alongside you and help you travel through Revelation, it will be amazing. But in, um, in this book here, in Revelation, in this little passage, Jesus, um, the, the writer is sharing letters to different Different church communities back in time, and and the church community that he's writing to here is a church community that, well, some were cold when it came to Jesus. Some, but most, and some were hot, but most were lukewarm. I don't know about you, but some people do like a lukewarm coffee or cup of tea. Who likes this hot? I have a friend, if like it hasn't just come out of the kettle and been passed to her, she's like, she knows it's been sitting for two seconds almost. It's like, it's not hot enough. But Jesus talks to these people and and says, you know what? I'd much prefer you to be cold or hot than to just sit in the middle. In other words... I really, really don't want you just to have a wishy-washy friendship with me. I really don't want the cold. I really want the hot. I really do. Um, And although he's expressing this to that church community and saying, you know what, this is what I desire, he finishes up by saying these words. Look, I stand at the door and knock. And he's talking about the heart, the mind and our soul. He's saying, I'm standing there and I'm knocking. I will come in. If, sorry, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Now, often when you have a connection with someone, it's often over food. Is that right? You eat with your family, you eat with your friends, you meet up for coffee. It's a place of community, of intimacy, of deep conversation, of laughter, of tears, of joy, of happiness, of sadness, of pain, when you come together over food. And Jesus is using this analogy here, and he's saying, if you'll, if you'll let me in, I'll come and, and we'll, we'll share all that, we'll share all that. So as much as he wants to be connected and he wants us to, the vine, the branch, he's never going to force it on us. And going back in that that last passage, what also stands out is that I have told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature, because he just knows That when we are in connection with him, we can experience joy. Now, joy is not a term we use very much these days. We line it up pretty closely with happiness. But there's a slight difference and a significant difference. Because happiness, we know there are days we wake up not happy. There are moments in time of our day when we sometimes are not happy. There are times in our lives where things certainly aren't smooth sailing and we are not happy. But joy, joy is that knowledge of knowing someone is with you even when you're not happy. It's that knowledge of knowing you are not alone. It's that knowledge of knowing who we are it's that knowledge of knowing there's something better, there's a future and a hope. Joy can happen even when we're not happy, even when life is difficult. And I'm sure you have met people going through difficult times, you know, a sick person. I have a very close girlfriend who has um, cancer, ovarian cancer. And I know she has many, sad days. It's been a battle. It's the reality of such a journey. But I also know that she still feels joyful and optimistic because of Jesus in her life. She still travels along and and has a, a strength about her that is inspiring. And I know that is because she's connected to the vine you know we have in our church a leader Brendan Pratt and I had the privilege of being part of the church community that he was at for many years and um, Brendan is a passionate follower of Jesus um, a scholar a reader and what I'm going to share with you now is, um, is Brendan's material and so I acknowledge that, and if you ever come across paths, you might hear it again from him. But I found it interesting, and I hope it really blesses you in your journey. You know, we have many pictures of God, many, many pictures of God, and our picture of God usually is connected to our family, where our, how our family not only viewed God, but treated each other as well. And that impacts our picture, of what God looks like for us. And there are different ways we could group how people picture God, and I just want to share them with you. You know, some people feel that we are under God. And in that, we, God's got lots and lots of rules. And we've experienced or heard of or believe or, or it's been around us this very rules-based that God's got his big finger out and he's watching you and if you're not good you're going to be in trouble. And with that we have this compulsion we've got to do what is right. I call it a monkey on my back. If we view God like this it's like having a monkey backpack and after a while it's just all too hard. You want to release that monkey and run away. And When things don't work out, we've been following the rules, we blame God too. Some people have a view or a picture of God that we are over God. In other words, I don't need God. So the extreme is that. We call them an atheist. I don't, God doesn't fit anywhere in my life. I don't don't need him at all. If we're a Christian with this kind of view, then perhaps we just have more of a view that, you know, God's not really interested in me. He's there, but he doesn't doesn't really care about me. And it can also come to a point where your belief statement, if you have a Christian framework, that your belief statement actually supersedes a relationship. And so there are times we feel very disconnected if we have this picture of God. We may have a picture of God like this. It's very tempting. um, And it is communicated many times that God, we have a from God kind of picture. In other words, he's a bit like Santa Claus. So we think that Anything you ask for, he's going to give it to us. And, um, you know, and as a Christian, and the Bible certainly says that God gives us good things and he blesses us abundantly. However, God's not the Santa Claus God. Because when he becomes that kind of Santa Claus God, it's, it's a kind of a consumer kind of God of like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. If you have children and you go to the shop, what is the most common few first words you hear? I want, can I have. Boy, is that a test on any parent's patience, consistency, resilience. But it's like that, can I have God, can I have, I want God, and and that Santa Claus relationship. However, we can feel unsatisfied with God or discouraged if he doesn't deliver. We may come from a framework of for God. We're working really hard for God. We're busy doing things for God. We're busy serving God. And in that, we lose a presence. We're not actually present with. I can find that as a parent. And I'm sure you can too. Sometimes you're so busy in a space, someone else is there, they're there, I'm making dinner for my children, they're talking to me, but I'm not with them. I'm just, I'm not listening, you know. We can have that in our picture of God. And when we do, after a while, we feel very tired, busy, busy, busy. Do you know ultimately what God wants? And I've used the term a few times. Ultimately, God wants us to have a picture of him, of a with God, that he wants to be with us, not over us, not under us, not for us, not from but with, be present with. So a with God is a God that's interested in us. A with God is a present God, a relational God, a loving God. And in that space, we can feel loved, we can feel empowered, we can feel free. So your picture of God, you know, um, is really important. And the Bible, if you explore the Bible... When Jesus came as a baby, Christmas, so you know that's a a Christian festival, a Christian celebration, a Christian memorial of when Jesus came to this earth from heaven as a baby. His name was to be, and he had many names, Jesus, but one of them was Emmanuel, which meant God with us, with us. And that wasn't just by happen chance or fluke or random pick of the hat name. That was again to tell us his people creation, you know, I am a God who is a with God. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. So how to be with God? How to connect with God? I'm just going to cover these little things. You know, we're all different. Praise the Lord. Is that a good thing? Is it a good thing? It is a good thing. Sometimes we forget that it's a good thing, don't we? And we start to wish the other person was like us sometimes. So being all different means that we connect to God differently. There are some very powerful ways to connect with God Prayer is conversation with God. If you've never prayed, don't be scared. It's like chatter. Just just talk, don't worry about your fancy words or you know if you know what to say, just just say, "Hey God, never talked to you before. Uh, it's a bit weird. I'm talking to the sky, um, but I want to get to know you. Um, yeah, I've been to refresh once or twice, and you know. Just have a chat. Prayer really is like that kind of conversation. And it, look, it, it's a fantastic... And you can pray anywhere. You can pray by your bed. You can pray in the car. You can pray at the desk at school. You can pray at work. There's no parameters of discussions with God. You can pray loud. You can cry. You can laugh. You can silent. You can sing. And then, as we said, the Bible is a revelation of God. These are really significant ways we can connect with God by going, having a look at what that says. So if you don't have a Bible, come and see me afterwards. I'd love to be able to get one for you. But if we step just on from that, there's a few different ways that we can connect with God This one is an intellectual connection. Now, some of you, some of us, are intellects. It's not me. Some of us can't think of a better place to be than in the library or surrounded by books or reading new things. I'm I'm looking at Simon here. It just looks like Simon to me, part of it anyway. (laughs) If you don't know Simon, go and ask him about his library of books. How many would you have, Simon? A lot. A lot. Some people just love books to absorb and to read and to learn and to, to, to go deep in their connection with God. They, they, they just love that concept of doing that. And there is that connection. That's where they feel connected with God. And that is awesome. But if you're not that type of person... That's okay. Because there are other ways to connect with God. You might be a relational person, a person who just loves to be around people. People just light up your world. And you can't wait to be in this space with people, get together with people into maybe a small group or over coffee and chat. And in that space... You feel you can connect with God. You just love being with people. That's awesome. Some of us have a serving connection. That is the person who feels close to God when they're supporting or blessing or helping somebody else because Jesus did a lot of that and so through that activity we have a connection with God. There's a really ironic thing about helping others it's like a boomerang isn't it when you spend some time helping somebody else from the genuineness of your heart something comes back there's something that comes back That was never our intent, but it happens, and I think that's the God thing. That's the God thing. Some of us have a worshiping connection with God. See all those people that were up there early with instruments, and this is possibly one of their strong ways they connect with God. When they're in that zone, or at home, or in the car, in the shower, whenever there's music about, there's a connection. There's a connection with God particularly Christian music I'm talking about here, there's a connection. For others, you sit here in your chair and go, you know what, this is so not me. I'm just semi-zoned out. And that's okay. Although I'll tell you those muses would love you to be zoned in. (laughs) But music and, and expressive worship, creative worship, is some of us, is some of us how we connect. Some of us like to connect because, in such a way of, of just coming aside, alone, quiet, contemplative, quiet. Doesn't happen very much, does it? Quiet. But for some of us, when we withdraw into that quiet space and just let the mind settle, in that quietness, we feel connected. All the devices are off, the children are in bed. Whatever it is, it's quiet, we're lying in bed at night, we feel connected. Others of us, and I, I certainly connect with this one as one of mine, is creation. Creation. God, the Christian God, is the creator of creation. It's his handiwork, his craftsmanship. So there is absolutely no question why when we walk into nature, there is something about it that we feel connected to the God of the universe who made it. When we go on the top of that mountain and we look down over the plains, and we see the sun, we see the full moon, or we're in the rainforest, we're out in the middle of the ocean on a surfboard, we see a few dolphins, we feel connected to God. And our thoughts are drawn to Him. You now God made us all differently. And sometimes we put God into a box. Or we have been taught different things or told different things or we think we've been hearing different things that we have to be a certain way to connect with God. But God made us different. And out of those ways, I'm sure as they went through, you could go, yep, that's me. And yep, that one's pretty much me. I bet there's a couple there that you're going... I fit into those. And there's probably a few you go, that is so not me. So God wants you to use you. Use the connection that you have to connect to him. He wants you to take time and that is a really valuable thing, isn't it, time? Because any relationship worth having takes time. As kids, they beg time with their parents. As teenagers, we beg time with our friends. As young adults, we beg time with friends or special friends. Um, As older adults, and this is very boxing, I know, we beg time with maybe a spouse. Or friends that are close that have traveled a journey that we relate to time God says I'd love some time with you but do it in a way that you just connect with do it in a way that is you is that singing the bible sing it is that quiet space time in the in the bible or praying do it is that in a group of people? We'll come together over coffee. At the fort, Jules tells me, is a good place. Ever heard of the fort? It's good. Two goods, Michael will tell it's good. And the best thing to buy there, Michael, is to eat? The See, he can't decide. Other than the coffee, apparently. Either the waffles or the... Um, what's the French, toast. French toast. Yeah, I met up with Michael there today. Uh, not today, this week, the French toast, he he was very like, do I get which dragon? But he gives thumbs up to both. Meet, meet together, talk God, talk life. Yeah, if, if that's you, if that's you, create time. You're in the car a lot and you're a music person, switch off the radio, put on some Christian music. Put on an audio book that's, that that you'll connect with if you're an intellectual person. If that's that sounded bad. We're all intellectual people, but if that's your key thing that's what I'm saying. I'll tell you a little fable to finish off. So in a particular kingdom there was a king. He was an awesome king. Not a dictator He was a with kind of king. He loved to be with the people. He loved the people. He served the people. He was a servant leader. And the people in his kingdom loved him deeply. There was a young boy, part of the kingdom, but lived a long way away from the palace where the king lived. But there had been times where the king had come through his little village and the king had looked him in the face and gave him a pat on the shoulder and asked his name, asked him what he did and cared about him. That's how we should treat our children too here in this community. Get to know another kid, say hi, be a mentor, love them. But when he wasn't in the town, the young boy was a shepherd. Not a very glamorous thing to do. He would sit out in the pastures. He had a favourite rock. He'd sit there on the rock, tend his sheep, lead them to the water when they needed it, watch them in case there was danger. But there were times where everything was just fine, there was a lot of quiet time. And the valley where he cared for his sheep, across the valley was in a magnificent rock face. And in his village, there had been an amazing craftsman who had carefully chiseled out the face of the king into the rock cliff face. So the young shepherd boy when life was quiet and the sheep were good and everything was going well, would sit on his rock and directly across the valley up there, he would just sit and he'd look at the face of his king. The years went by and the king got old and the king died. All of the community grieved and mourned and They didn't know what was going to happen. Their dearly loved king had passed on. But when the morning had finished, the nobles all met and they said, We need another king. And as the king had no heir, they went and decided they would go through the province and see can we find somebody suitable to be our next king? And so they went from village to village, from city to city, looking. Eventually they came to the young shepherd boys' village. And on that particular day, whenever anything special from the big castle was coming to town, the sheep were left in the locked gate, everybody came to the village. And there he was, lined up, with all the others. And as the nobles wandered down, looking, chattering, you know, they stopped. They stopped in front of the boy. And they looked at him. There was something that drew them to him. They asked him his name. They asked him, are you related to the king? he's like, no, no, I'm just a village boy and I look after sheep out there. But they said, there's something about your face that reminds us of the king. He's, Have you met the king? Well, once or twice he's come through our village and he shook my hand one day and he asked my name and what I did. But I've never had time to hang out with him. The nobles were... Puzzled because there was something about the boy's demeanour, his his look, that reminded them so much of the king. So they quizzed him some more and they said, Boy, surely you've spent time at the palace. Surely you've yeah, come on. And the boy's like, No, I definitely haven't. And then he paused and he said, Well. The only time I really get to spend with the king is when I'm out caring for my sheep. You know, there's this beautiful carving of the king's face in the cliff face, out, out of town from the village. And you know, I, I sit there and I, I, when things are okay with my sheep, I look at his face and I look into his eyes and Oh, I just soak in just what a wonderful king he's been and how he's he said my name and, and, and he, he just loved our village and then he snapped out of it and he said, oh, yeah, no, no, I've never met the king. That, that's, all I've done is spent lots of time looking into his face. He was chosen as the king to be the next king. You know, Jesus wants to connect with each of us. He wants us to look into his face. And we can do that in all different ways. Above all, God desires to be with us. And my thought for you as you go out from here today, and I pray god's spirit spoken to you in some way today i pray that the spirit of god has has just put something in your heart it might be simple that again you're reminded that god is with you wherever you're at right now or that you've just had an aha moment and gone you know what that's me i'm that type of person so when i'm in nature and i feel this specialness that's god help me use that time lord to just connect with you, or whatever it is, it might have been that aha moment, but my challenge to you is to seek out a time and a space that you can use your unique connection to build your relationship with God and as that boy, he'll change you, he'll change the way you see people the way you see your family, he'll change the way you see life, he'll change the way you see troubles and challenges, he'll change you. I can't do it myself, but he will. All we have to do is sit. Just look into his face. Whichever way that is, for some of us it's not sitting. (laughs) For some of us it might be moving and dancing and singing, but time, just that time, What if, what if we did that? As it said way back, said God will bless you with a joy and I pray his joy will be yours as you experience some kind of connection with him that's just you and that we encourage and support each other who are different to us as they connect with God. Let's pray. Just In this quiet moment, God, as we think about grapes, Lots of other things that we've shared today. Lord, above all, you're a God who just wants to be with us. You won't force your way on us. It's our choice. But I pray as we go out of this place, we'll be inspired. We'll go, yes, I want to be with God this week. And God, I pray you'll inspire us to know how that's going to look for each of us and that we feel Just release that we're different and we can experience you differently and um, celebrate that with each other. We pray that you bless families here the struggles that are sitting on people's hearts right now we pray that you bring us closer as a community that we'll love each other we'll reach out to each other and embrace because we're all the same in the sense that we all have our joys and our challenges. So God just just protect us, hedge us in, and I pray over our North Pine community here. This church exists for this community, and so as many are not here right now, we just ask God that your spirit, your small, still voice, will speak life into them today. We'll remind them that you are there, and that they are very welcome. Help us to be the hands and feet of you, Jesus, to our North Pine community. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We encourage you now to chatter. (laughs) Have a chat with each other, especially if there's someone you haven't seen before. I know it takes a little courage, but um, only takes a few words like, Hi, my name is... What's yours? And um, enjoy some conversation. We look forward to seeing you again. Remember, next week is church camp. So... um, If you want more information about that, it came out in what we call e-news. If you don't get e-news, come and see me, we'll make sure you do, um, or come and see me about the camp. If you're not camping, be blessed wherever you are, and we'll see you back here in two weeks. Two weeks, thank you.